Hi, everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. This podcast, we always talk about musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about Dear Evan Henson. All right. I'm really excited for this one. How about you, Claire? Um, I'm pretty excited, (laughs) considering that this is all very fresh to me, or I guess to everyone. To everybody. I mean, if they're lucky enough to see it today. So we're recording it on the 24th. And um, for those of you who are in the know, the movie just came out today, but we managed to actually see an advanced screening yesterday. So definitely fresh in our mind, we got to say. And for the duration of this episode, we'll definitely be talking about both the movie and the musical. I'll probably do a little bit of comparing and contrasting. But before we go into like all the things we're going to be discussing, I'll just give a brief synopsis of the show. So Dear Evan Hansen is a musical about a socially anxious teenage boy named Evan, who through a series of misunderstandings is mistaken to be the best friend of a student who has recently committed suicide, despite them hardly knowing each other actually. So throughout the musical, he is working to maintain the lie and improve his life while advocating for mental health awareness. So it's a pretty heavy themes for a musical. So I guess we can give a contour warning for suicide ideation and self-harm. So I guess we can go into our experiences with the musical. How about we'll start with you? My experience is pretty much no experience because I have not heard of this musical before I did not even know this thing exists so yeah that's pretty much it to be honest <laughs> up until Becky brought this up like I'm like I have no idea what this is okay. and I was about yeah. to ask if you heard about it first for me yes that's okay. the case <laughs> and the first viewing you had let's just clarify that so you watched a musical first the movie first what was it like I watched the musical first, actually just hours before we went to watch the movie. Yes, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> it was a stretch, um, but I made it work. Um, I think that makes it all the more fresher in your mind. I think we were discussing things. We went to watch the movie today together and you were saying like they, they changed something really obscure in the movie about her being into like gluten-free. Do you remember what they changed it into? Oh, okay. So in the musical, it was like gluten-free lasagna. And then in the movie, it was gluten-free apple pie. Apple pie, right, right, right. Yeah, so I was like, I cannot believe she remembered that. That's so obscure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think like you probably managed to get a lot more from the movie because of that. Probably, probably. That's one of the good things. Yes, for sure. Last minute, procrastination. (laughs) There we go. Can attest to that. Um, For me, I maybe should put a disclaimer here saying this is probably one of my least favorite musicals out there, but I have a very complicated rationale for it. So if you are in circles that discuss musical or like, like Broadway, all that kind of stuff, you would probably hear a lot of buzz about Dear Evan Hansen leading up to the September 24th um you know debut screening or whatever it's called and that's because it's receiving a lot of hate so a lot of people who have not liked the musical historically come out and say it a lot more publicly publicly I want to say that's not me I didn't like the musical from the first time I I listened to it so (laughs) um it's not new hatred and I saw it in person so I first got acquainted with the musical seeing it live so I didn't listen to the cast recording at first Uh, When I got a new position, I wanted to treat my sister who just started to get into Broadway in like um, for like Broadway tickets. 
And the first show we went to see together was Dear Evan Hansen because I heard it was so popular. It was so hyped by everybody else. And it it had like its first ever Canadian production. So I was really, really excited for that. And I wanted to take her to see something that was really well known. So I had it in my best interest to hype it up for her because I wanted to have a good experience with her and to create good memories and stuff like that. So I swear to God, I came in there with my best intentions and no complaints about the actual viewing experience but both of us felt like something was missing maybe because it's not really our kind of story uh and despite that I still try to like hype it up a lot so really best of intention is what I'm trying to stress here I could not stress it enough best of intentions and then I think like in terms of music uh we had a better experience and then the story itself is what fell flat for both of us in this case and I think that's something that still carried on to the review that I'll be talking about later. But shortly after I got into my favorite musical, which is Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. I know I'm going on a huge tangent and I'm rumbling, but there is there is a point. Um, so Dear Evan Hansen debuted in 2015. And when it was at the Tonys, it went head to head against Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which was supposed to be the critical darling. Everybody was supposed to love it. And it was supposed to get all the Tonys. But Dear Evan Hansen got all the Tonys. And partially because of that, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 got canceled very, very quickly. It was on Broadway for like uh, a few months and it was off Broadway for like about a year or so. And I don't really have the opportunity to watch my favorite show. And I attribute it to Dear Evan Hansen partially because I don't think the hype and the Tonys are deserved. Um, So that's one thing. So I think very, very negatively about it. And I think Claire will be the one who is going to balance me out here. I'm thinking about it as a reverse Cats. Because I think with Cats, it is something that you absolutely could not get behind, like fundamentally, I think. And it's a similar case for me for Dear Evan Hansen. All right. So after that very, very long tangent, I'm really sorry, Claire. The editing Claire will have uh, work cut out for her, <laughs> for sure. So we can go straight into a song by song analysis. So we start with act one. The first song is Anybody Have a Map? So we open with Evan alone in his bedroom on his first day of senior year. He writes a letter to himself trying to hype himself up for the first day of school. And these letters have been assigned to him by his psychologist. His mom comes to his room to try to connect with him before they both have to leave for the day, but she doesn't know how to make the connection with him quite right. And then we cut to Connor's family. Um, Connor doesn't want to go to school and has a hostile exchange with his family. And his mom also tries her best to connect with him and be a good mother, but is met with resistance. So it's a duet of the two mothers together. What are your thoughts of it? I don't really have a lot of thoughts about this one, to be honest. I just think it's interesting how we start with the mom's perspective. Because mm-hmm. um, shows are literally called Evan Hansen. So I kind of thought that we we're going to start with him. I guess after watching the whole thing, I learned to appreciate this opener a little bit more just because I think it makes sense after knowing the whole story. How about you? I think it's also a little bit unorthodox to have the first song not start with the main character because I feel like the first song should be an introduction to who the character is and what's the, the status quo like. Yeah, I agree with you. So it is important that the first person who is introduced is Evan. And we're also introduced with the letters who are going to be obviously very significant throughout the musical. And then having the mom, the two moms actually, sing, I think point towards a few things. So it points toward 
how important family connections are and also kind of show the differences in classes. So I don't think class was as big of a theme in the musical as mental health, for example, but it definitely was a theme. So Evan is uh, a child to a single mom and Connor has a very stable family. The two parents are together and uh, his family is very well off while Evan's family is struggling. And juxtapositioning the two lives shows the differences that they each experience. So I think this is a really good way to showcase that. So in terms of showing the way that they live or the status quo, they managed to do that very well. And I think that's an important thing that the opening number needs to achieve. And apart from that, I was wondering, because I also thought about why it was sung not by Evan. I was wondering if it could be alluding to the fact that he is not a reliable narrator. They want to have somebody who is a reliable narrator or a reliable character to introduce us to the story rather than somebody who is whose entire character is to grow from his deceptions, you know? I mean, that's a good point, but I don't think it's portrayed as Evan is not a reliable person. To be honest, I'm a little bit conflicted because even though I would like to open up the show with Evan's perspective, mm-hmm. when they actually do that in the movie, I thought it feels different. I it still does. would prefer to have that song um, come up later in the show because we don't see him struggling. Like we don't see his problem yet. So this song doesn't, it's not as powerful as it could be. Now that I think about it, I don't know how to better open up the musical then because I still would like to see it from his perspective I just don't know if as an opener yeah I just don't know if having two solos for him from him so early in this show would be such a good idea if you know what I mean yeah I completely understand I don't think anybody have a map is a bad opener I think it's pretty good I enjoyed it overall and especially since I think the moms are a lot more likable than Evan and the teen characters like I much prefer the adults but waving through a window I think despite liking anybody have a map was a decent enough opener in the uh, movie so I didn't enjoy the change they made because I like that previous song but not because narratively it works so well Mm -hmm. so I think I, I didn't mind actually starting with waving through a window So the next one is Waving Through a Window and then Waving Through a Window Reprise number one and Waving Through a Window Reprise number two. Uh, So quite a few reprises there. So at school, Evan tries to connect with his classmates by getting them to sign his cast. He first asks the overachieving student, Alana, but she talks about herself and then leaves. And then he asks his family friend, Jared, who makes fun of him. Evan tells Jared how he broke his arm during summer vacation. He apprenticed as a park ranger and broke his arm by falling from a tree he climbed. And Jared taunts like um, him about it. And after he finishes like making fun of Evan, he makes fun of Connor and then straight away leaves after without Evan. So since Evan stayed at the scene, Connor confronted him and pushed him to the floor. And Evan reflects on his anxiety, causing him to want to retreat and not make connection with people so they won't see the worst of him, but still desperately wanting to be involved and noticed. And he wonders if he is gone, will anyone actually notice? And then um, Zoe, who is Connor's sister, uh, saw the entire incident happening and she rushes to make sure that Evan is okay. 
Um, we also learned that Evan has a huge crush on her and he stumbles on his words a lot. And uh, because of that awkward interaction, they leave, I guess. And Evan talks to his mom after school. She can't pick him up to his appointment like she promised because she has to pick up an extra shift at work. Evan narrates the letter he wrote to himself, which he prints out at, sc- at the school library before his appointment with his psychologist. And um, Connor snaps him out of his reverie by asking what happened to his arm. Evan tells him and Connor offers to sign his cast for him because he saw nobody else signed it. And they seem to have a really cute connection over there. But then Connor sees the letter Evan wrote and recognizes his sister's name, causing him to go into a fit of rage, thinking Evan is making fun of him. And uh, he takes the letter after that and storms out. What do you think? For the song, I can really relate to it. Uh, I think... Evan is like literally telling us it's impossible to make any mistake if you don't put yourself into any situations where you have to make decisions. Yeah. So for example, you can mess up a social interaction if they just don't have any in the first place. So for an introvert like me, I can relate to this so much. Sometimes mm-hmm. I see some people talking and be like, oh, if I join in, but what if I say the wrong thing? Like, what if I make the wrong joke? Like, they're going to hate me. So might as well just not get involved in the first place. Maybe not to that, to Evan's extreme, but I think maybe most of us can relate to his struggle a little bit because social interactions is hard. It's very hard. And I think after pandemic, this is just getting harder because you don't get used to seeing people. But anyways, that's another topic. (laughs) So All in all, um, I think this is a pretty nice introduction to his character, and it's a very relatable struggle for me personally, so I can totally build my empathy for him from the song, and the song itself sounds nice. I was telling Becky about this, but um, the tap, tap, tap part actually sounds really, really nice, so Mm -hmm. one thing I find about the music in this musical is that there's always one part that I really enjoy listening to but then the rest of the song is not really living up to that level of quality and as for the reprises I don't really have anything to say about them but another thing I want to say about this whole scene I guess is Connor is such a good person I mean he's probably not the best because he's still violent and everything but in the movie oh my god you can see that he's really trying to make a connection Yeah, I I definitely felt bad for Connor here in this particular instance, because you can genuinely see he is trying to make a connection. He asks Evan about his arm, he asks to sign it. So he is trying his best and you can see he is lonely and a lot of people treat him with a lot of prejudice as well. So uh, when Jared makes fun of him, he uh, calls him a school shooter and stuff like that. So it must be very hurtful to be him and having the kind of reputation he has. They talk about um him throwing a printer out or like something like that in second grade and having to live with something you've done when you were like seven until the senior year of high school and having that kind of reputation must be very difficult I also really like the stage design for here so you get to see the social media and screen angle of things from this song and it's going to paint play a very big role going on forward and I think it's very clever design because the stage doesn't look that big but you have to actually change it quite a few times you have to change it from uh, Evan's home to Connor's home to uh, the school and all the social media stuff so it's actually quite impressive and I thought it was well done in terms of the song itself I liked the entirety of it even as a standalone it's a very good song 
Okay. So for the next one is for forever. We cut to Evan sitting at the principal's office with Connor's parents. They show him the letter Evan wrote to himself they found on Connor when he committed suicide. So uh, they thought the letter was a suicide note Connor wrote to Evan and that they were friends and that's why he wrote him the note. Evan tries to clean up the misunderstanding when Connor's mom notices Connor's signature on Evan's cast. And he was unsuccessful at explaining things and Connor's family invite him for a dinner, which he agrees to go to. Then we cut to the dinner where Evan lies about the friendship with Connor to console the family. So good intentions there, making them think Connor wasn't as lonely as he appeared to be and described a day where they hung out together at the apple orchard. Personally, I think it's a the big number, another big number that they have, and it's a really good one. I don't know. I think it paints a really nice picture of a day I want to believe actually existed. And I think Evan, throughout singing the song, really wanted to have that kind of a day as well, having a friend to hang out with, having somebody to care for him, having somebody to pick him up when he is in need, and not having that kind of like you, you notice when he says at the very end, and he's coming to get me. He's coming to get me and everything's okay. To me, I noticed a lot of belonging in his voice. So I actually really, really liked the acting. Uh, I really enjoyed this song. How about you? The song is okay for me. I don't like it as much. Mm-hmm. But one really interesting comment I read online was somebody was saying that a broken arms usually take about six to 10 weeks to heal. And Assuming that this song takes place in early September, that means that if Evan broke his arm when he said he did, it would be healed by now. So it's more likely that he broke his arm in mid to late July. And then Mm -hmm. apparently in one of the interviews, somebody asked them about the time gap issue or a question. Mm -hmm. And the songwriter says once they figure out the timeline, they figure out that this lyrics wouldn't really make sense, but they like it. And decided that Evan probably wouldn't have gotten the math straight because he was kind of making the story up on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then in another way, it also worked because if the Murphys could have figured out the lie right away, that means that they're paying attention to the story that Evan was trying to tell, right? Mm-hmm. But they're so caught up in their own desire to believe that the story was actually true. And that's why they, they couldn't catch the lie on the spot. And I thought that was actually quite interesting because it outlines like how much the family is trying to believe there's a different version of Connor that Evan is trying to make up. It also shows you um, the fact that Evan is probably not really making sense because he's literally making this whole thing up. But was it accidental? Yeah. Which is why it's so brilliant. A happy mistake then. Yes. Yes. Indeed. But I actually still feel really bad for Connor. I don't know how bad. I mean, Connor is definitely a complicated character here. I I firmly believe that nobody deserves to be forgotten, like they say in the movie and the musical, but it definitely, he definitely abused his sister. So that's true. I don't know. I don't usually judge a person's just based on one behavior. (laughs) No, of course. Everybody has positives and negatives, but it's definitely something that. I noticed and something that bothered me about his character that even though he had interactions that I found quite heartbreaking with Evan before the entire thing went down, hearing about how he reacted as a person to the environment around him was very difficult to think of him, to not 
skew, I guess, in the way that the Murphys think of him rather than the way that the musical might want us to think about him. Um, The next one is Sincerely Me. So back home, Evan's mom got an email from the school about Connor's suicide and tries to talk to Evan about it, and he denies knowing Connor. And then we cut to Jared and Evan. Evan asks Jared to help him fabricate emails to showcase his friendship with Connor and essentially show the emails to the Murphys. Um, I'm going to go off the bat and say this is my favorite song from the musical. And I think it's my favorite song not because musically it's as good as some of the others. I think musically it's not actually as strong as some of the other songs in here. But the environment is so fun and is so... I don't know, optimistic and engaging and entertaining to witness that to me, it's read as the highlight of the musical. Also, this is one of the two other songs. So it was this and Waving Through a Window that I would just play out of the blue in my pod, like in my playlist, because it's just fun to listen to. It's fun to see, it's fun to listen to, and it gives a good environment overall. What do you think of it? Why am I not surprised? You always like the fun numbers. 100%, yeah. <laughs> or like the happy numbers. Yeah, I'm all in for stat numbers. So this one, honestly, is a little bit weak for me. It's not something I will play just to listen to for sure. But I don't mind it. I actually quite enjoy it when I was watching the musical and the movie. Especially mm-hmm. in the movie, I think they did a really good job. You yeah. get to see like um, Connor singing and then they kind of cut back to Jared and Evan trying to come up with something in the email. So they're sitting in front of the computer and trying to type something. So I like how things are just like cutting back and forth. I think the musical was supposedly trying to have the same effects, but obviously movie with the different shots and stuff, you can see different things more clearly but there's a really interesting details in the musical so as connor starts doing the dance moves associated with the lines evan kind of does them at the same time too and i think this serves as like a vehicle to remind the audience that this is not really the real connor but this is only evan's projection of connor which is really just a reflection of his version like his idealized version of himself I don't know if you noticed it in the musical. I also like that. And I think they also mention it later on in the musical saying these emails read so different from who Connor is. Mm -hmm. So they definitely try to remind us that this is not the kind of person Connor would be. And kind of adding fuel to the fire of the family and especially the mom wanting so desperately for it to happen because he seems genuinely happy in the emails. So 100%, I think it's it's a good way to show the... Evan is orchestrating everything and also showcase why Evan fits so neatly into their family afterwards because this is the kind of person they wanted to have for family. Um, The next one is Requiem and it's the last like this is after this everything goes downhill for me. So Evan brings the fabricated email to the Murphys. They are very grateful and invite him back again. After Evan leaves the three grieving family members try to cope with Connor's suicide. Zoe remembers Connor as an abusive brother and doesn't feel like she should grieve for him. And his mother has rekindled hope for Connor's as a person, while his dad feels scorned that he, like as a dad, did everything he could to provide a good life for Connor, but it seems like Connor didn't appreciate it. What are your thoughts? 
I find the song very realistic. I really like it. Musically, mm-hmm. it sounds really nice too. And um, narratively, it's just something that I can really see happening in real life. Because mm-hmm. some people just don't have that strong of a family relationship or they just have complicated relationship with a person. And it's so easy for the rest of the society to be like, oh, you should behave in such and such way to show your emotion. Or like we're projected to think an emotion can only be expressed in a certain ways. And if somebody behave outside of the box and you're like, oh, you're not as sad as you should be, or like you're not normal, (laughs) you're not sincere. And that being said, I like how this also shows you three different ways of mourning somebody, I guess. And there is really no way to truly mourn someone. And in their own ways, they're all kind of dealing with their grief. Um, and it should be noted that in the final time when Zoe sings the line, there is a comma in the lyric. Obviously, you're not going to see this in a musical or in a theater or anything. But if you read the lyrics, there's a comma before tonight. So to me, it just kind of feels like right now she's probably unable to fully grieve for her brother yet. But maybe at some point in the future, when Connor's passing is not as fresh anymore, then she would be able to do so properly. But what yeah. do you think? Uh, I really like the song. I agree with you. It's complicated. It's very realistic. And I do like the way that it furthers the personalities of every single person who is involved in Connor's death, his family. And you can see their personality shining throughout it. So Zoe, for example, she is very she has a very complicated relationship with her brother and I think her relationship being complicated was shown the most out of all the family members or was the highest focus and the kind of antagonism she has towards it is shown very very well throughout here I don't know I have some kind of interest in the way that the mother reacts because she says I hear your voice I feel you near within these words I finally find you and she says that towards the email and I think that suggests that the emails that Evan wrote change her the way she would mourn for Connor. And that gives her a new hope and a new way to view him as a person. And I'm really wondering how she would have reacted if the emails didn't exist. How, what would her opinion be of him and what would change? Um, So I thought about that the entire time. I still don't have an answer for that. But if somebody else has like any idea, if you saw maybe something about it online, Claire, that's something that I reflected on quite a bit Mm because I really wonder how it would change for the dad. I also think it's very, very realistic for a lot of fathers. A lot of them bear the role of being a provider and uh, working quite a bit and they're showing their affection and love for money and uh, I think that also happens to an extent with Evan's mom because she is forced to be the provider Uh, it also shows the different relationship that he would have compared to for example Connor's mom because Connor's mom was a stay-at-home mom and she had a lot more opportunities to see who he is as a person and supervise him because she was always there right so maybe that's why her attachment to him is a lot different so I think it's actually done very well it's very nuanced and I liked it quite a bit Uh, the next one is this is the point where things start really going to shift for me. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's if I could tell her. So Evan and Zoe talk about their families. 
she asks if he ever talked about her and by he I mean Connor um, talked about her and Evan tries to convey his own emotions towards Zoe through Connor and at the end of the song Evan kisses Zoe and Zoe runs away uh, so I really really dislike the song I find it to be quite manipulative of Evan I don't know I mean obviously it is realistic I know this is a fair thing to say and he didn't necessarily have malicious intentions of taking advantage of Zoe it's not like he's a psychopath about this but to me it gives a very sour note and I don't think the musical or the movie did enough to showcase that this is not okay uh, right after it happening I think they framed it a little bit more as a romantic or a cute moment and I just couldn't see it uh, I didn't like the song musically either so nothing about this really worked for me but what do you think yeah I don't like this song too but I'm curious so when you say you think Evan is taking advantage of Zoe I completely agree with you but mm-hmm. when they're mentally trying to deal with something important and somebody else asked them for romantic relationship do you think that's not okay at all ever um I think if they absolutely did not know each other for example and he didn't know that she was grieving it would be a different story I wouldn't I wouldn't operate in black and white in terms of never or always but I think considering the situation this is in very poor taste not only because she's grieving this is maybe like two days after um, he committed suicide so it's very fresh for her but he was directly involved and he has a lot of power I think in this situation because Zoe is almost desperate a little bit she's trying very hard I think not to show it for some kind of connection with her her brother and some kind of words that she mattered to him and Evan is the one who's providing it so the entire situation just very skews very very negatively to me okay so the next one is disappear the school starts forgetting Connor and Alana encourages Evan to do something to get the school to remember Connor so Evan doesn't know what to do and has an imaginary conversation with Connor about this entire fiasco Um, In the end, Evan decides on founding the Connor Project, which is a student group for keeping Connor's memory alive. Alana is a co-pres with Evan, while Jared is uh, the treasurer. So he pitches the idea to the Murphys and lets them know of a memorial assembly at a school that they are organizing the next day. And Connor's mom gives Evan Connor's tie and convinces him to give a speech at at, uh, the memorial, which is not something he planned to do before. What do you think? Sorry, I have one more thought before oh, we move on to the song. Sure, sure, sure. Actually, my issue with the song is more towards the fact that Evan lied to her about okay. the memory of her brother than okay. the fact that he tried to kiss her. Okay. So to me, I don't know if I would prefer being lied to just so I have a better memory of the diseased person. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think if somebody lied to me about my family, that's why I would get angry. And this is probably why I feel like something was off about the song. But Mm -hmm. I always kind of thought is also because your point of he shouldn't be, he shouldn't try to kiss her. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really bother me all that much, which is why I was having this strange feeling. But like, why did I not like the song, even though I was okay with with the kiss? And I think this is why. Okay, that's fair. I honestly thought more about the relationship they're going to develop, but honestly, just the entire thing about 
implanting a different person in their mind, which is something that they carry with them long after they find out the truth. So cutting to the very, very end, they uh, him and Zoe meet after they know everything. And uh, it's been quite a while afterwards. And she says that she still imagine what was what Evan says in the email. So it's something that is quite enduring on them. So 100 percent. Yeah, especially I value my family very much. So if somebody else come in and be like, paint me a very different picture of how my family think of me. And then it was revealed that it was a lie. And there was absolutely no opportunity to get that clarified ever. That would be tragic. That would be very, very heartbreaking for me. A hundred percent. I think that's part of a big reason why I dislike this musical in general, because this is something that happens to the entire family. Uh, But also, I guess, not in Evan's defense, but in Connor's defense, maybe. The last time we see him acting as his own person and not as Evan's puppet, uh, he did kind of defend Zoe. He had like a brotherly instinct when he saw her name there. So maybe he did have better associations of Zoe than she realizes. I do believe that. The fact that what Evan did. Yeah. No, the fact that there was something but the fact that um Evan lied about it makes that something probably would not be believable to his family does that make sense it makes sense so like cutting like Evan what he did obviously is one thing but then like going back to Connor's relationship with his family that's another but obviously what Evan did a whole a whole different story yeah Yeah. I just think well obviously don't lie but if you're lying already (laughs) continue with it don't expose it (laughs) That's how I would prefer. I mean, in this case, it's kind of pointless, to be honest, because they chose not to tell anybody. So this is a big difference between the musical and the movie. In a musical, they never told anybody that uh, Evan was never friends with Connor, right? So he, his confession didn't really benefit anybody, truly, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yes. Do you think that Connor cared about Zoe more than he let on? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think Connor is probably at a point where he is struggling to understand himself and how to express how he feels. I can definitely agree with you. I think he definitely cares about his family. Yeah, 100%. I wish we did see more of his life before this happened. But I think this probably is also the point of the musical, like the fact that you just got a very brief glance of him and nothing else and you wish you had more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're approaching the act one closer, which is you will be found. So Evan gives his speech telling the story of the day at the orchard. He's very nervous and he kind of stummers repeatedly, but in the end, he overcomes his nervousness with a moving speech about the feeling of loneliness and his speech is filmed and it goes viral. And then at the end of the song, uh, Zoe overcome with gratitude toward Evan for bringing her brother back, her words at least, kisses him and that's the end of act one. So what do you think of You Will Be Found? I think it's a good song. Like musically, it's pretty nice. I like how it was shown the movie. I like how there's a lot of people singing together. And then together, all those clips transition into Connor's photo. And I love that transition. So brilliant. (laughs) But in general, I think loneliness is just a very popular topic 
of anything really like literature <laughs> movie tv shows songs whatever and that desire to be seen and heard and connect to somebody else is pretty universal especially i guess in our generation so it's very common in many productions these days and i can see why the song is very famous because of that <laughs> and i think it reflects one of the most important problem that we have i i can see why a lot of people will be able to relate to the song so i think in that sense it's actually a very good um at one closer cuz it closed on the very good note of being positive and all that but if anything i actually think it would be a much better finale <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I would prefer this song to be the finale to leave everyone on that good note and positivity saying that even though you know so and so might happen but you're never alone and that would be such a great message to leave to the audience you know so mm-hmm. I personally think it's too good to be just the at one closer they should save it till the finale but that's just my opinion what do you think Uh I think it would be a good to have it as a reprise for the finale which I think is something they did unless I'm remembering it incorrectly. Did they? I think they had like a reprise that's like the what the finale is. Is that right? Oh, sorry. It, Am I was it a different finale? I don't know it, if it's the reprise of this. It song. says it says I may note as well. That's why I was oh. like I think it was the reprise in the finale, but I'm not too sure. So if I'm wrong, uh they definitely should have done that and you're 100% right. Um it was a missed opportunity if not. But I think it, it's also a good one act one closer because it has a lot of impact and a lot of gravitas and also obviously showcases such a prevalent problem in today. Uh which was I think it's like the US health government or like um the UN they declared it as the loneliness epidemic and it's one of the uh leading causes for suicide so it's definitely something that is a huge problem and uh, it has a lot of attention brought to it for um people who are interested in mental health so uh it's good that they are talking about it and they give it the time that it deserves to discuss i think it's a good song overall I don't understand necessarily the change that Evan goes through. I feel like maybe they should have put a little bit more focus on how he goes from stammering and really not having the words and feeling very anxious to being hit with the importance of what he is doing. They need to I think give a lot more emphasis to that because it's kind of done very fluidly in here and I wish they spent more time because this is such a significant change when so much about Evan has been about his uh mental illnesses and about his anxiety about his um social anxiety specifically and going from not being able to make a speech in English class to making a speech in front of the entire school um within seconds after failing and then succeeding i think that's a really big and important step for evan and the song i think is supposed to convey this but because they cut to all these people who say how much the song means to them and how much the speech means to them we don't get enough time alone with evan to reflect on what it means to him and i think as the main character this is something that is really important or i would really value to have because part of the reason why i couldn't connect i think with the musical as much is because I couldn't connect with Evan as a character even though a lot of the stuff he goes through and all of the stuff he does is very very relatable. I just didn't think he'd have enough internal voice for 
me to care about him a lot as a person. And I think if they literally made a small change here, it could have changed a lot of things for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because they do have some songs that I think is quite unnecessary, especially in act two. Yeah. So that is definitely um, fair to say that he doesn't have enough development or at least we as audience don't see enough mm-hmm. to be able to create that sort of connection. Exactly. And I feel like he has a, quite a few solos and he has a lot of singing. He practically sings constantly on stage, but mm. he doesn't have any moment for himself except for waving through a window. Everything else he communicates to other people or he reacts. And I really enjoyed waving through, the win- uh, through a window because you see who Evan is and what he thinks. But after that, when everything starts going down for him, you don't hear any more of his own voice. And it bothered me. Isn't that interesting? When he couldn't make that connection to the outside world. And that's when we listen to him. Like, Mm -hmm. that's when we have the chance to listen to him. But after, yeah. But then after (laughs) he make that connection, after he overcome the social anxiety and has meaningful relationships with other people, then we don't hear about him. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think it's because now that he's uh he's just pretending to be a version of himself rather than being who he really is, and that's why we don't hear from him anymore? That's a good point. I would hope that is not the case because if that is the case, some change need to have occurred for him to go from somebody who's really nervous about speaking to somebody who can deliver a really impactful speech within a span of five seconds. And I don't think it's literally him understanding how to act or how to project an image so quickly. So it could be something that is intentional, like you said, but if it is, I'd rather it look more intentional, you know? Right, right. Because now that I think about it, it does feel like he's trying to be this, you know, good friend, Mm -hmm. this good person that everyone will like and appreciate somebody of value, somebody that could be helpful to the family. And that's probably not who he really is. But agreeing with you, I think it should at least elaborate a little bit more on that, even if that's the case, Mm -hmm. to just show that, okay, now Evan is trying to be a different version of himself. And he's doing this because he feels the need to fit in. And that would also take an interesting take and probably create more empathy for him. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Hire us as your screenwriters, please. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a good job, I promise. Yeah, please. I guess we can start with Act 2 now. Yeah. So Act 2 has Sincerely Me Reprise and then To Break in a Glove. So um, we open by... or sorry, with Evan and Alana asking people to fundraise $50,000 in order to reopen the apple orchard. And then we cut to Evan and Jared writing more emails while Evan sidelines him. So uh, rude. But uh, after that, we have Evan's mom finding out about the Connor project and questioning him about the story he told in the speech he gave. Um, he lies to her saying he did know Connor and tries to avoid her talking about it so as a result they have a really big argument and his mom tries to apologize and try to like reconcile with him but he leaves her he's kind of like being a little bit passive aggressive too 
And finally, Evan goes to the Murphys right after the argument, where he has a heart-to-heart with Connor's dad about baseball and father-son relationships. So uh, a little bit of background, I guess, about Evan. Evan's dad uh, was an absent father. Um, He's been absent since a very young age. And uh, in terms of the Murphys, Connor didn't seem very interested in fostering a relationship with his dad. So they're both trying to be the pieces that they each lack. Okay, just before I comment on the song, I guess, Mm -hmm. I would just like to say I actually really like Jared. I think he's actually a pretty good friend. Despite what he said about, oh, I'm only talking to you so, you know, I can get car insurance, whatever, or like my parents will be paying that. He actually helps Evan a lot. They talk about it, though, why they did it in the end. So they have a really big argument later on where Jared is like, oh, you know, you're sidelining me. You're asking me not to be involved with the Connor project because you don't need any more emails written for you. So you're telling me I'm not necessary. And Evan is like arguing with him about it. And in the end, in a fit of like anger, Evan says, oh, I guess the only reason why you hang out with me is because you don't have any other friends to hang out with and you rely on me for friendship. And I think it's alluded to be true. So he, Jared is shown to be reluctant to hang out with Evan, but I think in actuality, he doesn't have much of another option. We never see him talk about well, we see him like talk about one other friends, but we never see him interact with anybody or having any other options. So I think he actually does rely on Evan's friendship. I mean, but then wouldn't it be really unnecessary to show him all the friendship that he has aside from Evan? Right, right, right. I think like if they existed, why would he, why would Evan tell him that he doesn't have any other friends and Jared not defend himself saying, yes, he does have other friends, you know? Okay. And I That's think a, a lot of- point. A lot of the musical deals with people dealing with their own hurtships by themselves and a lot of pretending. In the movie, it's more amplified, especially with Alana's case. But one of the unnecessary reprises for uh, waving through a window was Alana's. And I didn't even mention it in the summary because it was so unnecessary. But she sings it, alluding to the fact that she feels like she's invisible too, and she has another throwaway line that talks about her feeling of invisibility despite being a very vocal person. And I think it's the same with Jared. So a big theme, I think, of the musical is everybody's dealing with their own hardship, but they never want to show that kind of face in the public because they don't think it's acceptable. So I think that's what they're alluding with him. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. I completely agree with you. Oh, I just okay. think Jared is a good friend is the point I'm trying to make. Is he though? I don't know because he's always so. putting Evan down. I don't think so. He just jokes around a lot. Is it joking? I feel like it can be hard. I don't know. If it, if it were my friend, uh, I feel like it might be taking it a little bit too far. But they're high school. No, students. that's true. But even for high school, like, I don't think Any, I Anything told- in particular that bother you? The things he said? I mean, if he genuinely was a good friend, like, I would never say to a friend unless it was abundantly clear that I was joking, like, oh, I'm hanging out with you only because my mom tells me to. I think that's really, really hurtful, especially for a guy who has absolutely no other friends and relies on him as his only person to talk to. Um, That's probably one of Hmm. the most hurtful things he says. But he puts him down quite a lot, saying, like, his story is lame, how he broke his arm is lame, showing very little empathy. 
Not okay. that Evan was I mean, a great friend either. I, like Evan is a bit shit. <laughs> a bit shit I, but I yeah. can I can see where you're coming from. Like you're a very sweet person and you probably would <laughs> seek you. out that sort of sweet friendship. But this is guy's friendship that we we're talking about. Maybe it's just me. But like when I see the guy friend that I have and interacting with the other guy friends that they have, like they usually joke around quite a bit. So I'd never really think of his as a mean person. Like he still talks him and help him it just a side note that I was thinking as but I'm interested actually no I'm interested because I think like he the way I think about it I think he helps him because he has nothing else going on and not because he is being a good friend I don't know like obviously you can argue that he hangs out with Evan just because like he doesn't really have other friends but Mm -hmm. we don't know that for sure right Mm -hmm. and the fact is that he still offered to help him like he still keeps for money secret for 20 bucks okay but like he's a broke high school student (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it's that horrible i think no no no, i'm not saying he's like out of all the characters here he's one of the least horrible people for sure but i just don't think i don't see him as a as a good friend but i think you're making a very strong argument for him to be a good friend i think okay even if that's true that he doesn't have other friends but the fact that is he is helping evan so mm-hmm. the way that Evan is training him is definitely not acceptable. Oh, and I agree with that. The fact that he helps Evan, no matter what his motivation is, doesn't take away the fact that he helped him. So based on the fact that he did help him, I think he's a good enough friend is the point I'm trying to make. But just because you help somebody doesn't mean you're a friend. Like I would help a stranger in the street. But it doesn't mean you would fake either. an email for a stranger on the street. No, I wouldn't fake an email, but I would exactly. help them. But I would help him because like you have a different, I would, I would fake an email for like an acquaintance, you know? You would? I, I would would never do that. Really? I've given a reference to acquaintances. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. Okay, maybe that's that's the difference then. Maybe. Okay. Maybe there's something that you feel comfortable doing with a stranger, but I feel like you only do it with people you feel comfortable with. Like, like faking emails. Like faking apparently. emails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, I've never faken, faked an email. Just want to put that out there. But... um. I know. I feel like especially. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I feel like just saying there are high school students who are looking to be in some shit, considering their life is really boring. That's how I read it. But I think you are definitely making a really strong argument, saying he is putting a lot on the line, and Evan throws it in his face later on, saying like, "Oh, if you tell on me, I'll tell on you." So he should figure out better friends if he has a luxury to do that and if not if your friend is toxic at the mode anyway it's better to have no friends than toxic friends okay i think we can move on psa all right and in general to break in a glove (laughs) what are our thoughts oh right um no i don't feel like it's a necessary song at all it doesn't really sound that nice anyway when they decide to include this in a movie Instead of good for you, I'm very disappointed. I understand that Evan probably, like, he never really had a dad. And that sort of father-son relationship is essential or very important to him. But it wasn't elaborated enough. Like, it doesn't change in any way, I don't think. And it doesn't move the plot in a significant way. For me, a number in a musical has to have some sort of purpose. And the purpose of the song is very unclear because we don't really need another number to outline like how much Evan misses or needs a dad or like how much Larry really wants to connect with his son like how is that going to help us understand the character in a better way but what do you think 
A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more, especially with the fact that they include it in the movie <laughs> and exclude Good For You, which is one of the better songs in a time musical. Sure. Uh, I was a little bit, a little bit uh, upset to see that or to hear that. It's a sweet moment, so I'm not going to begrudge it that. I always like the, the kind of sweet moments that exist in any musical, and this is no exception in terms of, you know, the scenery it, it showcases. Mm-hmm. But musically, it's very forgettable, and it's just not necessary, especially as the real first one, Act 2 opener. Because sincerely me, I wouldn't call it an Act 2 opener. It's a reprise, right? So this mm-hmm. is the first song of Act 2, and I think it really sets the tone for the rest of the act, because it's a lot more disorganized compared to what they had previously, and the story kind of goes downhill a lot faster. Yeah, I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my final thoughts about it. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. Oh, another thing we discussed. Again, you can cut it, by the way. But uh, mm-hmm. I looked it up. And this is not based on a book, actually. This is based on a true oh. story. Or uh, it's similar to a true story that the creator had in his high school. I yeah. wonder, is he Evan? Like, <laughs> what's the deal? <laughs> they, did, they did make a book after this, though. Oh. So they, they wrote a book like about the musical, but the musical came first. Okay. <laughs> now I really want to know, like, what happened? In they real have life? two lines. If you look at Wikipedia, you could do it right now, by the way, okay, if you'd okay. like. But if you look at Wikipedia, they have two lines about it. And I was like, that is so interesting to me because uh, I was reading the entire Wikipedia entry before and seeing it, I was like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so. The next song is Only Us. It's actually a very, very short preamble for this one. Zoe and Evan are home alone at Evan's house for the first time. And she asks for the relationship not to be about Connor, but instead about the two of them. It's a very sweet song. I actually like it pretty okay musically. I don't think it's strictly necessary because it is supposed to be a very romantic thing. And I don't buy the relationship at all. In the musical with Ben Platt, the 2016 version we watched, I buy it a lot more than the movie and the production I saw live. Is it because of the visual? How they look at visually? That Zoe looks too young and Evan looks too old? It's a little bit that for sure. Because I think I told you, like, this kind of interaction gives me serial killery vibe. And you make fun <laughs> of me for everything giving me serial killer vibe. Um, but I, the direction that they've given him for how to carry himself, the costuming they've given him with his outfit, with his hair, they made him look a lot older than what the actor actually is. And I looked up older ages later because I don't know why. But the actor who plays Evan and the actor who plays Jared, whom I love, by the way, he was really good in Atypical, uh, they're the same age. What? Yeah. <laughs> They definitely didn't look like the same age. At least in a movie, sorry. Yeah, and the gap between Evan and Zoe is like three or four years. (gasps) No, Zoe looks so young there. I know. (laughs) So I'm blaming a lot of it on costuming and the direction. Mm-hmm. for the movie in general I always I like I don't know about you but I feel really really bad for the shit that Ben Platt has to go through because I think it's very undeserved like if you talk about somebody talk about their performance and talk about the movie don't talk about their 
their, how they visually look like. Because imagine how hard one must be to hear how old you look over and over again and having your immense contribution to the musical being knocked down just because you look older than how you actually like how old you actually are that would be really hurtful so like just that makes me want to defend it a little bit more even though I don't like the musical but uh I feel like it's really undeserved what did you think though uh about the song yeah yeah I have very similar thoughts musically the chorus sounds nice again this is another song where there's a part of it sounds really nice and then the rest of it just kind of forgettable I agree yeah. yeah with this one I agree for sure so yeah musically it's okay I enjoy listening to it only the chorus yeah and narratively wise it's just it's just okay like a love song that would almost definitely happen in every love story yeah I 100% agree the chorus is actually very very nice but before that it's just not yeah. very impressive usually I'm just not a big romance person if mm-hmm. you remember yeah. so any romantic songs usually I don't feel too too much unless it's really really good musically wait I'm trying to think when you say you're not a big romance person for musical are you talking about romantic duets or are you talking about the character conveying their feelings towards somebody else and their feeling being romantic? no just romantic story in general Okay, okay, okay. Because I was thinking, like, what was your favorite for Bonnie and Clyde? Wasn't it like a character saying how much she loves Side? Oh, that's musically, it's my favorite. Oh, music. Okay, nice. that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the narrative favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. Uh, okay, I'll remember that. Uh, the next song, I think we talked about quite a bit, but I think it's also deserved. So it's good for you. Uh, Evan starts neglecting the Connor project more and more. And Alana asks, what's up with that? She starts finding holes in his story. Evan's mom and the Murphys uh, surprise Evan with a joint dinner. And Evan hasn't been telling his mom about anything really. And she's completely blindsided at the dinner. When the Murphys offer Evan Connor's trust fund for college, Evan's mom politely refuses and then she leaves. And at home, Evan and his mom argue about his relationship with the Murphys. His mom is really angry that she's doing her best to raise him alone. And he so easily go to another family to get his needs met rather than rely on her more. And then we cut to school after that. Alana confronts Evan about his inconsistencies in the email. Evan goes to Jared and asks for help with his emails. But Jared is angry that Evan has been blowing him off. So this song is pretty much everybody's angry at Evan. Is this your favorite? It is my favorite. Yes. It's cl- it's close. It's very good. I like yeah, it a lot. Too. Musically, it sounds so nice. I just really, really like it. To be honest, at this point, I'm just happy to see people getting angry at Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that has something to play. So this is something that was important to you because I think right. we reference a lot of conversation we had outside us about this, but we talked yesterday about part of the reason why I didn't like the narrative as much is because I don't think he suffers as many consequences for what he's done. So is this your way of making him feel the consequences? So you think like this kind of captures it? I think so, but... Okay. For me, I don't need to see consequences for Evan in order to like the show, I guess. So your big problem is that you want Evan getting the consequences of the damage that he's done. I think my big problem... Sort of reflection. It's not my only... I think my two big problems is that I find Evan very unrelatable, not because of his action, but because I don't know much about him. I couldn't, like, connect with him as a character. So... 
that's one thing and the other is I really dislike this kind of stories I really dislike the liar reveal trope which we talked about before Mm -hmm. so this is not a story in the way that it is presented that I would like in the first place so the two main things are characterization and story for me okay 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 yeah for me so not the part of like his social anxiety but more like his relationship with his mom is something that I find relatable a lot mm-hmm. and then also how um the murphy's family's relationship with one another is also something that i feel very relatable mm-hmm. so those two big points is why i can appreciate the musical because it's very realistic to me and not so much about like i can relate to evan is suffering from social anxiety and trying to fit in i i really liked it musically for sure as well i also like that they made the mom feel anger because I feel like before she tried to be the good guy or tried to like reconcile with Evan when he was clearly in the wrong far far too often and it really hurt for me to see her trying her best to be nice with Evan so he would have a connection with her because she knows that she has been she hasn't been as much in his life as she wanted to be because she has to feed the both of them so because of that she has been letting a lot of things go and I'm glad that they fester and go up there and she talks her mind because I think it's really important for the relationship to improve from that from there so if the song didn't exist I think um the next song which, that she has which is so big so small it would be a lot less convincing mm-hmm. so I really like that it's there and obviously I really like Evan having some kind of consequences and I think he needed that kind of slap in the face mm-hmm. or <laughs> not, you not really literally. You really hate him don't you? I don't I really don't I I'm sorry if it comes off that way I don't hate him I think he's actually a very relatable character for sure but if you see like something that is not going exactly right you want him as the main character to improve and to do something about it, right? Like you you don't want to watch something and watch people fail at it, or at least I don't. I know a lot of people like to hate watch. And if that's you, that's great. But for me, it's frustrating not to see him like uh, work on it because I feel like he could be some su- such a better person. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him succeed. And I think that's what he needs in order to succeed. He needs to understand what is happening and what are, what are the consequences for his actions in order to change himself. And I think towards the end, you do see that he started to change himself little by little. He takes um, his mom's advice of like working towards college rather than relying on other people. So you do see that a change has been made. And I think this moment is really, really important. So it's not because I hate him that I'm saying the slap in the face is good. It's because I want to see him succeed, you know? Okay, okay. You sound skeptical. No, I I just thought that you hated him. No, I don't. I dislike the musical, but that doesn't mean I hate Evan is a character. Okay. So the next one is an amalgamation of three for forever reprise. You will be found reprise and words fail. So Evan has a change of heart and wants desperately to be involved with the Connor project again. He talks to Alana about it and she actively says she doesn't believe Evan anymore. And to convince her, Evan shows Alana Connor's alleged suicide note from the very beginning and she posts it online despite Evan asking her not to. Uh, and she does it in order to raise the rest of the funds for the orchard. As a result, the internet turns on the Murphys, saying that they're abusive and they are the reason Connor committed suicide. And the Murphys start to blame each other for Connor's death under the immense pressure they're under. And Evan, unable to 
um, kind of witness the damage that he caused, confesses to lying, and they each turn their back on him as he finds himself alone. Yeah, I don't like Words Fail. <laughs> Probably my least favorite song. It's oh. musically not good to me. I don't know. Like for me, it's very hard to like a song when there's not singing. It's more like reading something out loud. And to me, this song is feels like reading more than singing.、Mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting irony because throughout the musical, you get to see Evan's mom kind of continuously mention how good of a writer he is. But then now he's back at a place where he can't think of anything to say. And the problem has become too massive to fix with words. So I think the irony of like he's really good at writing, but then、mm-hmm. now like no words will bring him success. Like every word will fail is an interesting,、um, ironic reality that he's facing right here.、Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I guess I appreciate the song narratively to some extent because. Unlike other songs before it, he truly opens up as himself in this one. So after waving at a window or waving through a window,、um, this is the only opportunity that we get to see what he's thinking or what he's feeling as himself. This really let us and the other character to see him as who he is and hear what he finally has to say more. And at the same time, I also want to give him credits for trying to accept himself, because everyone often thinks that they're not enough, and it's very hard to accept yourself as who you really are. A lot of us try to pretend that we are better than who we really are, so we say things that are socially appropriate, but we probably don't really mean it, or try to be somebody we're not. Just so that other people would care about and love us, but then it's really hard to admit that we're really not that ideal version of ourselves. I think to Evan, maybe he's been trying to convince himself that oh, I'm doing this because I'm trying to help the Murphys. I'm trying to do whatever. I'm trying to you know make sure that they don't they're not disappointed because their son didn't leave them anything. And now it's like maybe the first time he's. Thinks about oh, it's not really all about that. It's more like I'm being selfish. This is what I want. This is never something that for other people. I'm doing this for myself. And because recognizing that he has nothing to say, he is now embarrassed, and he realizes that he's been doing this for selfish reasons. So to me, I as audience, I appreciate that. Oh, now we finally get to see what you think, or like we finally get to see a little bit of who you really are,、um, even though it's not enough. But I think it's still valuable to that sense for the character development. What do、mm-hmm. you think? I think this works for me as the emotional climax.、Mm-hmm. I think I can. See how regretful he is, and the kind of storm of emotions he is presented when everything, when the rug is pulled from under him, really. Because I feel like he did rely on the Murphys to be a family for him, and he relied on them to feel better about himself.、Um, so you see, he doesn't take the medication anymore. This is not something we discussed, but it's something that、uh, his mom mentions, and a lot of it is due to the healthy relationship. Uh, quote unquote, that he has with the Murphys, and not having them anymore really impacts him. So it forces him to deal with、uh, his actions, 
with a good continuation for good for you I think like everything happening till now is a good way to show the kind of up and down weather storm he's been having and experiencing so I think it works I don't mind word fails words fail because of that because I think it's up to the actor to give their best performance and I think it's a tool for the actor to do that so if you see everything that is happening around you I think it's a lot more convincing if you hear it it's less so so it's all up to the actor so I think it works for me but I would put an asterisk next to the work okay 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 okay. that's fair uh then we go to I think one of the other emotional moments I think it's probably like the last big emotional moment but it's so big slash so small. Evan's mom sees the note and recognizes it as the psychologist's assignment, therefore uncovering the lie by herself. She asks Evan for forgiveness for not noticing how badly he was hurting. Evan opens up to his mom and reveals that the way he broke his arm was a suicide attempt. So he climbs the tree and willfully jumped, and it wasn't an accident. And in return, Evan's mom's... um, opened up about the day his dad left her and how she felt about it actually so she says that even though she knew she couldn't be a perfect mom for Evan she will still stay with him no matter what and what's like that's the important thing like she knew she would make a million mistakes but it doesn't matter because what matters is the connection they have so I think it's really cute I don't like the song musically all that much to be honest uh but I think it's a very cute moment again it's the family feeling which is something that I always like and I like that they rely on each other they have a healthy conversation which is something that they try to facilitate but never actually happens like from the very first song you can see them trying to find a connection to each other but they're always missing each other somewhat and this is the first moment right before the ending where they actually manage to have that kind of connection and see who the other person is more clearly so I like the narrative of it within the story I don't like the song itself what do you think yeah me too technically the music isn't my favorite but I actually cry listening to the song because I have a lot of respect for um, Haiti's character. She reminds me of my own mom a lot. And I think we also talk about this. Mm-hmm. But growing up, like my mom also, like her, she has a full-time job. After the work, she was trying to study for a doctor's degree. So I grew up in my aunt's house. Like I barely see her. Sometimes she would try to make time to see me during the weekdays, but then it will be like the two of us studying in the cafe together. Like me trying to study for my midterm and then she does her homework for her degree or something. So before when I was still young, like I always kind of thought of it as why didn't you spend enough time with me? Like I was angry and frustrated just like Evan was. And it wasn't until that I I grew older, obviously, that I realized it's very, very hard to balance the work life, the career that you want, and the family life. So I can really see that she is trying her best to care about her son. She's trying her best to support the family financially and to pursue education for herself. But sometimes, obviously, trying hard is just not enough. For Evan, he still feel ignored. He still feel like she wasn't there enough. And I like the song not because that I see my relationship with my mom in the song, but also the fact that she made it clear. She's saying that I'm trying my best and I know it's not enough, 
but I'm still here for you. Like that connection is still strong and that love is not going to go anywhere just because I can't spend enough time with you. So I think it's really comforting for me at a personal level, just because this is also something that I learned along the ways. Like I also go through a phase similar to Evan, I guess, when I'm angry at her. So listening to the song feels like as if it's my mom saying all the stuff to me. And for that reason, I really appreciate it and I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a very sweet moment, I think you're describing for sure. And having that kind of relationship that the musical showcases is also really important because I feel like it's very difficult to balance careers and oftentimes both parents need to work like uh I I hardly saw my parents too because of work um but this is something that is increasingly common now because you cannot afford living otherwise unless everybody is working 24 7 and I feel like a lot of people would be able to relate to this and it will be a very emotionally potent moment for them so I'm really glad they included it yeah Okay, so now we get to the finale. We cut to the end of summer vacation. So uh, we had a time jump. Zoe and Evan meet at the now reopened orchard. Evan has taken a year off to save up for college while Zoe is about to start her senior year. Zoe and her parents have grown from the experience as a family and they spend weekends together at the orchard while this is Evan's first time there. So he never actually been there before. And uh, we also find out that they never revealed Evan's secret. And I think we discussed this later or sorry, earlier in the podcast where they changed us in the movie. In the movie, he publicly um, tells everybody his secret and he grows from that. We can discuss it, I guess, after this. But they have an <laughs> amicable conversation and decide to depart, understanding that they grew as people. So did this finale work for you? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the reason is because we just had a sweet moment with his mom and then all of a sudden it's like a year jump mm-hmm. and the finale mus- music wise I can't remember what it was anymore and it just says finale in my notes so yeah. I honestly had no idea but yeah everything just seems very rushed but one thing though is that I like how in the end, in the musical version, this is, he seemingly accepts who he is and he seems more confident and more at peace. So that's a character development right there, but it's not given enough time or space to explain how or why. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they have something that's like an internal dialogue, like you said, or some sort of reflection, and then connecting to the scene it would make much more sense to my me. guess is that yeah. they try to connect it to his genuine connection with his mom so because yeah. he found somebody who he could actually have a relationship with he grew as a person from that and obviously from all of his past Please experiences explicitly say that i agree with musical because there are people like me okay but i do like the ending where it circle back to the beginning where he wanted to accept himself so you know how like in the beginning he's like it's going to be a great day because all you need to do is just be yourself yeah and then he lists like 10 million other things that he needs to do yeah um but then in the finale he's just like all you need to do is really just be yourself and he can say that with peace so I -hmm. like how he echoes the beginning Mm -hmm. what do you think 
I like that he grew as a person. So that's what I wanted to see him having some kind of growth him having confidence. By the way, I looked it up. It wasn't um, you will be found that is the end. It's the uh, for forever. So it's another big song that they echo. But I don't know if that changes anything for you. I, I didn't really like for forever. Yeah, so. that's fair. Bad ending. No, sorry. Bad ending. <laughs> Scrutinized. Bad ending. Um, hmm. I like that he went through a change. Something was lacking for me. I can't really put my finger on it. There was a certain je ne sais quoi. Maybe it's because the ending was with Zoe. And I don't think they worked as like the relationship between them worked. Not only the romantic relationship, but as characters, they didn't seem all that connected to me so it didn't seem like a big theme maybe if there was an echo back to connor i would have preferred that but in the end showing it as zoe and evan having a meeting together even though they're discussing things in a very adult and very um amicable way it still didn't work for me for some reason and i can't quite place it but i didn't really like the finale I liked For Forever as a song, so lyrically I didn't really mind it. But And I liked the fact that Evan grew as a character, but everything else about it was very lacking. I wish they'd done something different, but I cannot, I don't know what they could have done. Okay. Okay, so you don't like it, but you don't know how to fix it, kind of? Exactly. Okay. I think this is the same vein of problem that you have with the opening. <laughs> Isn't that A circle, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I do like, uh, apart from the things that I mentioned, that he closes with the writing a letter to himself, just like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I think we have similar likes and dislikes for the finale. Okay, okay. Shall we talk about the movie? Of course. So for the movie, they have quite a few changes. I guess we can talk about the changes leading up to this. Uh, so one of the big changes is that Connor and Zoe's dad died when Zoe was like one year old and Connor was maybe two year old and Connor was three or something so very very young and then Larry is um their stepfather so that's a big change I don't know why they they made a change I cannot think possibly maybe it's to have the connection between Zoe and Evan and like both of them having daddy issues I don't know but he seems like a pretty loving stepdad exactly even though he's a stepdad yeah I don't know. I, I, I also don't understand why it was necessary to change it. Maybe it's because he's a person of color and they're both like white. And they're like, oh, how would we explain <laughs> this? <laughs> Stepdad. Why didn't they just cast a white person then? I don't know. I Like, you don't even have to say anything. Like, I didn't question it. It was like, whatever. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Okay. Um, the mom might, like must have strong genes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I can't imagine a reason except for either daddy issues or the casting but that was one big change another change that I thought was big but I'm not sure you thought was as big was um, when they sing Requiem Zoe is driving and she's speeding in her car she like speeds really really um, intensely and she's about to like go over a red light kind of showcasing almost as a suicide attempt which is very different from her reaction in the musical very which I weird thought was a choice yeah very weird. and alana had a much much bigger character here they even had like mm-hmm. a different song for her 
Yeah. So I don't think she ever had like a song before, unless you're counting um, Waving Through a Window Reprise as a song, which I don't. Uh, but she had like a whole new song for this one. It's it's very big. And she also had a reprise for that song. So they yeah. definitely beefed up her character quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I guess we'll go and mention the finale of the movie now. So mm-hmm. in the movie, Evan confesses that he fabricated the entire story and he confesses publicly on social media so everybody knows. We don't see how he was canceled or how other people were reacting to his confession. I'm assuming a lot of it was there, but it just wasn't shown. In the end, they did something that I liked and I would encourage maybe the musical production to pick up, though it will be impossible unless they're changing the entire finale, so maybe not, which is he learned a lot more about Connor. He actively sought out anybody who might know him actually, anybody who might have information about him. He looked through yearbooks and he was like, what are books he liked to read and tried to like live his memory through um, his actions. So I thought that was a very selfless act, a very mature act to do. And like he genuinely puts his like actions or his words into actions. So I like that change a lot. What are your thoughts about the change? Yeah, I also really like the part where he actively look for um, people who knew Connor. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the fact that he was able to found a clip of Connor playing the guitar, that was something that was mentioned in the movie, but not in the musical, is that yeah. Connor was writing songs, in, but he never really performed for the family and not in front of anybody that the family knew of so when Evan sent the video to the family and the three of them just finally had the chance to watch Connor perform or playing the guitar and singing at the same time that was a very very sweet moment there was no really any dialogue during that scene but I think it was very powerful and if anything it comforts the family to another level which I think is a very good change because at least that they have something to remember Connor of did you like any of the original songs no (laughs) to be honest (laughs) I can't remember what they sound like anymore (laughs) yeah I agree I think the uh song that she had uh the anonymous one I think it was called it was very cohesive with the rest of it so it just blended in my mind to sounding like the soundtrack for Dear Evan Hansen without being able to pick exactly what the song is Mm -hmm. you know and for the song that Connor had uh, that was tucked in later I don't remember that one at all even though it was definitely the more heartwarming one and I liked this one narratively a lot more than the uh, the anonymous one it just wasn't memorable at all to me also the fact that it's acoustic guitar I don't know acoustic guitar is never like something that's stuck in my mind (laughs) I realized that they use guitar a lot in this musical, yeah. which is actually quite nice because I like guitar, but mm-hmm. I agree. Like when it's very slow, it's hard to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you think that was our final thoughts or do we have like any more final thoughts to contend with? I think that wrap it up pretty well for me. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think we pretty much captured everything but before we give our final rating I do have a tiny little surprise that probably shouldn't be a surprise it's not a surprise anymore it's like a (laughs) it's like a section we always do 
And this is which dear Evan Hansen character are you? <laughs> Don't burst my bubble, yo. I wanted to be a surprise. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It's very it's literally, surprise. we do this in every episode. Still. <laughs> okay. So this one is from BuzzFeed. Are we are you reading other questions? We can uh, start sure. the quiz now. Sure. All right. So the first question is pick a place to go viral. And the options are Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, or Tumblr. They should include TikTok. This is probably years ago. It's 2017. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. This is not from the movie one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose Instagram. What I'm thinking about mm-hmm. is viral in a good way or viral in a bad way on are you the one uploading the video if i'm the one uploading the video i definitely want it to be youtube because i'd get monetized and i want the money (laughs) (laughs) if it's in a bad way i 100 percent want it to be tumblr because nobody goes on tumblr except for me (laughs) so okay okay which way did you look at it i'll be consistent with you did Um, you look at it as good viral or bad viral that's a good viral then okay then youtube 100%. 100%. Pick your favorite Dear Evan Hansen song. Waving through a window, only us, you will be found for forever, words fail, sincerely me. Oh man, doesn't have good for you. I know. Um, waving through a window then. All right. My second favorite. Choose a famous musical. Hamilton, The Phantom of the Opera, Le Mis, Chicago, Rent, Hairspray. Le Mis. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to finish so I can shout it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> what about you? Uh, the Phantom of the Opera, for okay. sure. Pick an emoji. Uh, a guy oh. with a, yeah, it's a guy with like an Apple, a MacBook, a paper, a blue t shirt, or sorry, a blue polo shirt, a waving hand, a blue heart, and a hand holding an iPhone. I will choose a heart. Me too. It's I'm my most used it. one yeah, out of all of them. <laughs> I literally have never used, oh, except for the waving hand. I've never (laughs) used any of the other ones. Pick a high school movie. Heather's, Mean Girls, The Breakfast Club, The Perk of Being a Wallflower, Super Bad, Easy A. I don't watch high school movie. I only watch Mean Girls and Easy A, but I'm going to pick Easy A because I remember what happened. You don't remember what happened in Mean Girls? No. Oh, oh! I think I briefly remember what happened, especially the part where she was eating an energy bar. But that was it. Yes, I was about to say like we're covering Mean Girls next week, so for yes, uh, yes for Mean Girls Day, October third. But uh, I was about to say, if you don't remember it, I'm so curious to hear what what's going to happen next week and how things are going to be new for you. I'm going <laughs> to pick Mean Girls, by the way. Okay. Uh, pick the word that describes you best. Eager, creative, hardworking, reluctant, anxious, sincere. Oh, mm. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to pick anxious. I feel like I'm going to get Evan because of this. I'm also debating. I'm debating between eager, reluctant, and anxious. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you pick anxious, it's definitely going to get Evan. Okay, I'll, I guess I'll pick eager for that sense but i think between eager anxious and okay reluctant who did you get evan wow (laughs) what a surprise see See? okay who could have guessed (laughs) (laughs) big shot you have a heart of pure gold really and always put (laughs) others ahead of yourself 
I don't think so. Being so selfless is great and all, but remember this. You'll find true happiness only after you learn to love and accept yourself. Okay. There's some truth in that. There's definitely truth in that. All right. What about you? I got Heidi Hansen. So his okay. mom. Nice. You're an incredibly hardworking person who wants only the best for those you love. You sometimes have trouble figuring people out, but once you do, you go out of your way to support them in any way you can. All okay. right. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I want to be Heidi more than more than Evan, for sure. I wonder because we ha- we're pretty similar in terms of our answers. So I think literally <laughs> it's the last question. I'm it's the last you. question. Yeah. I kind of want to rec- like retake it and see, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do it later on in my own time. <laughs> okay, so okay. shall we go into our final ratings? Sure. Drum roll, please. So I'll give it a six out of 10. Um, oh my God. I, I had this. I remember, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I know what you're going to say. Really? I want to see if I'm accurate, if you remember it. <laughs> I picked lasagna? Yes. <laughs> I, <knew laughs> I picked one knowing that this is what you're going to pick. Right, right. Okay. Your turn. Uh, I'm going to give it 3.5 <laughs> out of 10 Taco Tuesdays. Okay, okay. I love the food theme. That I literally picked it just here. because I knew you were going to do gluten free lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. All right. All right. So that's that's it episode. from us, right? Yes. yes, that's it for the episode. It's a big episode. I feel like this is heavy. This is like such a talked about show in general, and especially considering we just watched a movie debut, it's definitely a heavy theme. And it feels like a load off my shoulder. I can tell you that. I, I yeah. think this is like the one that I was most anxious to cover um, okay. and didn't want to cover. Like we, we actually had to push this by an hour because I was procrastinating watching this because I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> so uh, that tells you about that. And I feel like next week is a treat for myself and maybe a burden for you. So <laughs> all good, all good. Goes. I feel like with the movie coming out and everybody hating on it so much, like hopefully the things that I say today will encourage some of you who in well who don't hate it as much to also share your thoughts yeah I don't think the movie was bad if we're like giving our final thoughts about the movie I don't think it was horrible I think it gets disproportionate negative press like everybody wants to join the hate party I feel like if somebody something starts to be hated people just like unconditionally go and uh, add fuel to the fire and not necessarily deservedly so Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't think like either of us try to dissuade you from watching the movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure yeah all right so if you don't want if you do want to discuss the musical the movie maybe with us or just the Evan Hansen in general you can obviously contact us at Podway Podcast on Instagram Reddit and Twitter or you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com if you don't like social media uh if you do want to discuss with us you know any previous episode you want to give us a recommendation we're always done for that like please have some kind of discussions we're very friendly we promise uh we really would enjoy and would like some feedback okay um so yeah thank you so much for listening though and have a great day